Hi there. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Appreciate it. I have to tell you, I am quite excited about the content today, so there's a good chance that I'm going to talk fast, and I'm not making any apologies for that because it's really, really great content. Um, you are in week two of our series called Save the Date, real talk about relationships and marriage, and today we are going to get real because today we are going to talk about dating, and it's going to be very great. Uh, before I get into the message, I do want to tell you um, there's, a, there's a cool event coming up. Uh, our friends over at Big Sky Fellowship, they're doing like a, a mini retreat, and it's called Adventures in Marriage. And what this is, it's, it's going to be a conference for anybody for any, any point in your marriage. So whether you are struggling, or you need a tune-up, or you, you're interested in helping other folks with your marriage, it's kind of the, the, the wide spectrum of folks. So it's going to be really super practical advice. It's March 17th and 18th. Uh, if you want more info, we have a, a great website for this series. It's mounthelena.org slash save the date. There's a lot of info about the, the marriage conference as well. There's a, our marriage team, Jeff and Nick, you guys have done a great job putting podcasts and books about marriage. So if you guys haven't checked out that website, check that out. They've done a super great job. Thank you guys for getting that together. All right, well, yes, I, uh, I'm super excited for this. Uh, so last week, JR kicked off week one. He talked about a, a biblical design for marriage. And today, like I said, we're going to start at the beginning. And we're going to talk about dating because I know there's the question that I've asked sometimes in my life. And the question was back then, how do I know if he or she is the right person to marry? And you guys, that is such a hard, profound, difficult question. And today, we're going to get super practical and we're going we're gonna to look at that. Are you ready? That was pathetic. I'm sorry. Are you ready? That's better. All right. Uh, first, I'm going to give you a little test. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to maybe separate the ages here a little bit. Here's a test. Raise your hand. Don't, don't tell me the answer. Just raise your hand if you know who this is. Okay. Look around. Okay. Now... Raise your hand if you know who this is. Interesting. Raise your hand if you don't know who either of those are. I might have to rethink some of my cultural references for the next message. Well, okay, so this is going to be revelation to you guys as well, apparently. Both of those are the same character. They are the robot from Lost in Space. I can't believe I have to tell you this. They are the robot from Lost in Space. One of them was the older version. This is the new shiny version from, there's the streaming platform called Netflix. And you can, you can get a lot of movies from Netflix. And that's, wow, didn't see that coming. Um, it's the same character. So now... You probably don't know this either. Does anybody know what the, the robot used to say? Yes. Yes, okay, we're back. All right, good. We're back. All right, woo. The robot said, danger, Will Robinson. And in the new version, it's really creepy, um, but it's, it's cool. He said, danger, Will Robinson. Well, today, we're going to look at four of those, not four robots, because you guys would be lost, apparently. We're going to look at four danger signs that you might be dating the wrong person. So the question that 
how do I find the right person? You can take that off of there so we're not, not focused on the robot. How do, I, how do I find the right person to marry? It's a super good question because, admittedly, I, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but dating is a little bit different than it was back in my day. Um, because back then, literally, all you would do is you would, you would ask somebody out. Well, okay, it, it wasn't that easy. Um, my wife, Leslie, and I have been fortunate enough to be married. It'll be 21 years next month. Woo! She's a saint. Um, but it all started with the fateful day. And this is, honest to God, this is a true story. When I met Leslie, um, she was one of the only redheads, apparently, that God produced in Helena, Montana. So I was, I was very, you weren't born yet. So I was, I was very interested. And what I did is, I, I, of course, I didn't have enough courage to go up and ask her for her phone number. Uh, we were both attending this college-age Bible study cool group. And I just went to the leader and I said, hey, because he did a sign-up for, I think, treats or something, snacks. So I just got her number off of there. I totally stole her number off of the roster. Do what you got to do. And then um, I got her number and I was living with my brother at the time. I think I was like 19, 20. I found a quarter. And the reason this is significant is because I wasn't paying a lot of my bills back then. So I found a quarter, and I went down to this store called Mini Mart, and then there was this contraption called a payphone, and I put my one quarter, I'm not joking, I one quarter in the payphone, I called this number that I stole, and I talked to this lady who I found out later was her mom, and I was like, is Leslie there? And Leslie gets on the phone, and I was like, hey, heart beating like 300 beats a minute, so nervous. And I'm like, hey, what do you think, would you like to go to lunch with me? This was a Saturday. I still remember where I was. I remember the weather. Uh, I was like, hey, would you like to go to lunch with me? And honest to God, she said, I can't because I'm cleaning my room. (laughs) That is what she said. So I get it. Dating is hard. (laughs) Dating is really hard. Because when, when you're dating, you want things to work out, right? I mean, you want to fall in love. You want to find your person. And yet, maybe this has happened to some of you that you see something, you know, you're with somebody and you see something in the other person and your, your mind is saying, danger, danger, danger. But your heart is like, hey, it's all going to work out, baby. It's all good. It's all good. What I want to do today is I want to show you some warning signs to look for when you're dating. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to set a, a foundation for the message. The, the verse is found in Proverbs 27, 12. And this proverb, it's going to show us two different types of people. I'm going to read this to you, and I want you to think about which group you'd rather be in. Proverbs 27, 12. Sensible people will see trouble coming in and avoid it, but an unthinking person will walk right into it and regret it later. Sensible people will see trouble coming in. What do they do? They avoid it, but an unthinking person is going to do two things. They're going to walk right into it, and they're going to regret it later. Which of these people do you probably want to be? Another translation says of that second group, another translation says, the simple will walk right into it and suffer for it. You guys, if, if I have one prayer and one hope for this message this morning, it is that these tips will help you avoid suffering. Sincerely, that's what I hope to do this morning, is to help you avoid suffering. So before I get into the four warning signs, I, I do, I want to preface this content a little bit. Um, what I'm about to tell you, these four signs, what I'm about to show you, 
they're going to seem extreme because they are. Um, these, this is extreme. And also, these, these tips I'm going to show you, they're, they're coming from an understanding that, that you want to follow Jesus. Now, if, if that's not you, if, if this isn't you, you don't have to leave right now. You don't have to turn off the message because, sincerely, you're absolutely welcome. Whatever step you are in your faith journey, you are welcome here to continue pursuing that, continue figuring that out. You're absolutely welcome here, truly. But again, these signs, they're going to seem a little odd. They're going to seem a little weird. They're not going to be normal because, you guys, normal isn't working. Normal isn't working. JR talked last week about the, the stats in the United States and the world about the high divorce rates in the United States and, and all of the pain those stats represent, all the stories. You guys, that's what normal gets us. That is what normal is training us to do. A lot of what we're presented as normal these days results in broken hearts, results in regrets and suffering. But that's what Proverbs 27 is warning us about. And I don't know about you, but I, I want something different from a marriage. I, I don't want that. If that's normal, I'm not interested in that. So, before we talk about marriage, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We have to talk about some warning signs when you're dating. So, warning sign number one. The person is not consistently pursuing Jesus. Now, these words were picked out very intentionally, and, and I want to be super clear here. It's not that they're perfect, and it's not that you're perfect, but the key is you're on a journey together. You're on a journey to get to know Jesus and to be more like him. So that, and I said, we're going to get super practical. So here's something practical. It raises the question, when you're just starting out, when you're just starting these conversations, how do you know if somebody is consistently pursuing Jesus? Well, I'm going to offer a few pro tips throughout this message. Here's the first one. First pro tip, people talk about first what they value most. People talk about first what they value most. To figure out what people value, to figure out what's important to them, just listen. Because the truth is, people talk about first what's important to them. It just happens. So if you meet somebody, right, and you're getting to know them, and you're having some conversations, if, if within the first couple conversations, if you don't hear about Jesus, if you don't hear about their faith, if you don't hear about God, their involvement in the church, something, within the, those first couple conversations, I would suggest to you that this is a warning sign because people talk about first what they value most. Now, this isn't just reserved for dating. I mean, this is any type of conversation. If people love their career, they're going to talk about their career first. If they, if they love their car, they're going to find a way to work in. Hey, have you seen my new ride? Um, maybe it's travel. Maybe it's hobbies. If, if, if they talk about their ex first, well, okay, that's different. That's a, <laughs> that's a whole different situation. We're, we're not going to go there. The key is, if you have to ask after the first couple dates, after the first couple really long conversations, if you have to ask, hey, what are your spiritual beliefs? Are you a Christian? Do you attend church anywhere? If you have to ask, chances are the person is not a committed follower of Jesus. And, and the New Testament gives us some really practical advice. Paul is this guy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He says, he's writing this letter to this group of people, and he says, in 2 Corinthians 6, he says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. In other words, he's saying, don't be joined, don't be united with unbelievers. This means, if you're a Christian, don't try to build a marriage with somebody who doesn't have the same spiritual beliefs as you. Now again, I want to be really clear. This isn't criticizing an unbelieving person because there are amazing people 
that are not followers of Jesus. What, what's at work here is foundation work. And there's different spiritual foundations. And you guys, I'm just going to tell you, it's almost impossible to build a, a rich and God-honoring life when there's different spiritual values. There's this really obscure verse in the Old Testament from Amos, and he was this prophet, and he asks this question. He's talking about something else, but he asks this question. He says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? Have you ever tried going to lunch after church and the two of you disagree? Well, you eventually have to agree somewhere, right? And he's saying, can two walk together unless they're agreed? So here's the truth of this. What you believe spiritually is going to impact every area of your life more than anything else about your life. Your, your spiritual, I mean, if you just think about this for a second, your, your spiritual foundation is going to influence how you parent. What, do, you, do you want to parent with totally different values? It's, it's going to influence what you think about money. It's going to influence how you think about material things. If you go to church, if you don't go to church, what, what shows you watch together. Apparently, you guys don't do that, so don't worry about that. Uh, it's going to influence if you go to parties and what kind of parties you go to and what you do at those parties and, and who your friends are and, and how you treat people how you forgive people. Your spiritual foundation is going to definitely impact how you forgive people. What do you do with temptation? Is, is divorce an option? What do you stand for? What do you stand against? What is your purpose in life? Why do you exist? All of this stuff can be tied back to your spiritual foundation. And if it's not the same, there's going to be some issues there. You guys, I can say it really clearly. I can say it like this. If God has your heart... If God has your heart, but he doesn't have theirs, don't, don't compromise and try to build a life with somebody that has a different worldview. Because what you believe about God and what you believe about Scripture and eternity is going to matter more than you could possibly imagine at this point in your life. So warning sign number one, the person's not consistently pursuing Jesus. Warning sign number two, the people you love don't love the person you're dating. When you, when you have a, a really strong community around you, especially if they're spiritually grounded and they don't like the person that you're dating, it could be a real warning sign. Now, we, we see this a lot, honestly, because you know, you, you know how it goes. Like you, you meet somebody and you think she's cute and you have fun together and you like the way she smells and you like the way he walks and he's really cool and you have this chemistry together, and you get all the, the tinglys, you know, when you're together, all the butterflies, and it's all great. And then you talk with your best friend, who is a Christian, and, and she says, you know, I, I don't really like him, or I don't, I don't really like her. And then your other best friend says the same thing, says, I, I don't really think this person's actually good for you. And then, and then your mom, who really loves you, and has your best interest at heart, says, you know what, I, I don't think this person's good for you. And then your dad, who's always been like this strong believer, he says, I don't think this person's good for you, honey. And then your sister doesn't like him, and your brother doesn't like him, and your dog, your dog likes everybody, and your dog barks at this guy. <laughs> it could be a sign something's wrong. Proverbs 27.9 says this, check this out. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is, is as sweet as perfume and incense. Here's a pro tip. Listen to those who love you. Listen to those who love you. 
I just found out last night that it's uh, the 25th anniversary of Titanic, the movie, not the ship. That's crazy, 25 years. So contrary to what we learned in Titanic, everyone you know isn't turning against you when you started dating this person, okay? If everyone that you loved before you started dating this person is saying something contrary to this person, you you might want to pay attention to that. Because my hope is that in that situation, they can probably see something that you can't see. You're probably too close to the situation to see it. And if everybody you love is giving you caution, it might be a sign that something's wrong. And, you know, again, really practically, you might hear things like this. They, they might say things to you like, well, he's not really honoring you. And you want to listen to that. Or they, may, they might say something like, you know what, she's really into herself. She's really into her brand and her image and her, and her followers. Or they might say something like, you know what, I've seen the way he treats you, and he's pushing you physically. Or they might say something like, she is way too controlling. You guys, listen to those who love you. Because we've been down this road, so I'm going I'm to tell. I don't have a crystal ball, but I'm going to tell you what may happen in this situation. If you're with somebody and you're starting to experience this community of all these people you love, and they're starting to give you caution, here's what's going to happen to you. There, when you hear that, you're going to have this tendency to say, yeah, but you don't know him like I do. I really like him, and, and you just, you obviously don't know him as well as I do. That's when I remember, honest to God, that's when I remember this verse that gives me so much pause so many times in my life. And it's this, it's Proverbs 14, 12, and it says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it's the way to death. You guys, so many times in my life, I have thought, yeah, this is it. This is the way we're going. And everybody around me is saying, no, you're an idiot. Don't do that. And then they're right. I was an idiot. You guys, this verse gives me so much pause these days. There is a way that seems right to you, but listen to those you love. That is what that verse is saying. They loved you before you met this person, and they're going to love you after. Just listen to them. So warning sign number one, the person is not consistently pursuing Jesus. And warning sign number two, the people you love don't love the person you're dating. Warning sign number three, this is a fun one, you don't experience healthy conflict together. Now, when I first got married, I honestly, I, I had the thought like, well, the goal, is not to, the goal is not to fight. Like, if, if we're doing really well in our, in our marriage, and our relationship, the goal, the goal is not to fight. That's what I honestly thought. So I'm just going to burst some bubbles for you this morning. Let me tell you, you will eventually fight with the person you're dating. Okay? Sorry. And you are going to fight with the person that you will eventually marry. What really matters is not if you fight, and it doesn't matter when you fight, it matters how you fight. This should be a relationship goal, honestly. One of your relationship, this is bonus content. One of your relationship goals should be, I want to fight really well with my partner. Because, here's the truth, healthy couples, they fight fair, and unhealthy couples fight dirty. What does that mean? Healthy couples, they fight for resolution. They want to get through the thing. They want to have it resolved. Unhealthy couples fight for victory. Means, I'm right. 
I don't, I don't care about her. I don't care about the thing. I'm right. And I want you to know I'm right. Healthy couples fight for resolution. <laughs> Did they just see an elbow somewhere? I'm not going to point out where I saw it. <laughs> Unhealthy couples fight for victory. So speaking of marital fights, now everybody's listening. Uh, if you want to give your relationship a test, here's how you do it. Try to put together furniture. Now, if you want a a next-level test, here's a next-level test to that. Have one person in that scenario think that he knows how to do it better than she does because he's read the directions three seconds longer than she has. It's completely hypothetical. That's that's never happened. We have a nice um, TV stand in our our living room. That's never going to be sold because there was... There was a story behind that one. <laughs> Love you. Uh, so there's a couple extremes you're going to want to watch out for with your, your conflict. Number one, an extreme, is if you're always, always fighting. If, if your pattern is fight, break up, make up, fight, break up, make up, fight, break up, make up, and you've done that three times this week, something might be wrong. That might be a problem. Number two extreme is if you think, you know what, Um, we're having a lot of issues dating right now, but um, we just need to get married, and that's going to solve all of our problems. Gasoline to a fire, my friends. That marriage that you're hoping is going to be your savior is going to magnify your problems. And then there's another line of thinking that says, well, you know what, we've been married a while, and we're experiencing difficulties, but we just have to have a baby. I think some of you know that's not true either. (laughs) Another extreme, and this is what I was talking about, is if you never, ever fight at all. Because again, that was what I thought the goal was. But if you never, and this might, honestly, this might be one of the most dangerous extremes. If you never, ever fight at all, then what you have in that situation is you have two people that are avoiding conflict intentionally. And what you're doing is you're, you're creating a ticking time bomb. And given the right scenario, one of you, both of you are going to blow up at one another. The answer is, you want to be able to love each other well through the conflict. You guys, I've I've seen this with us and and our friends. The goal of conflict is you're going to wind up better through the conflict than you were before it. Because you took care of each other through the conflict. You loved each other well through the conflict. You moved the relationship forward through the conflict. How do you do that? James 1.19 in the New Testament says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Here's another pro tip. Some of you might be listening to this dating right now and thinking, Yeah, but the guy just knows how to push my buttons, and it's so hard not to get mad. I get it. I sincerely do. I want to tell you this story. It's, it's not about marriage, but it's about this, this other person that was in my life. And I had this experience a couple of years ago. Whenever I would be around this person, the way this person, his communication style would just get to me. And so much so that I, seriously, I didn't like who I was becoming when I was around this person because he would just get my goat, as John Swanson would say. And I discovered that In some instances in my life, I get pretty competitive, honestly. So this is what I did. My little guy brain said, okay, I'm going to win. You're not going to get to me. Like, 
I know it's coming, and you will not get to me. I'm going to change something in me. You will not get to me. It doesn't mean I'm going to bottle it up, because we just talked about that. You will not get to me. So this is how I did it. Here's your pro tip. Respond, don't react. Respond, don't react. What does that mean? So when this, when this guy would do his thing, I know what it feels like when my body starts to get angry. My, my neck gets red, my shoulders get tense, my breathing gets shorter, my heart starts beating faster. And I know that now. And what I would do, my friend James in the New Testament says, be quick to listen, slow to speak. So this is what I would do. When he, gets, when he starts getting to me, this is what I do. I say, two seconds, that's what it takes. And in two seconds, I can feel my heart start to slow down, my shoulders become intense, and I respond. I don't react. That's all it would take. It doesn't work every time, but it works well for me. Respond, don't react. So warning sign number one, the person's not consistently pursuing Jesus. Warning sign number two, the people you love don't love the person you're dating. Warning sign number three is when you don't experience healthy conflict together. Last warning sign. This is honestly probably the most important one. Warning sign number four. They're leading you away from Jesus instead of closer to him. We're going to get really practical with this one because it's important. This is a real red flag. When you're spending time with somebody and spiritually speaking, you're not as vibrant as you were before you started spending time with that person. So, Here's some questions that you can ask yourself. Maybe, you know, after you've been dating a month or two, or maybe you've had, you know, good couple interactions after that time, ask yourself this question. Since meeting this person, am I growing closer to Jesus? If you want the next level question, here's your next level question. Does this person inspire me and help me grow closer to Jesus? Because that's what you want. That's what you want. When you're around this person, you want to have, you you have this vibe where you have to up your game. Not that you have to be fake or put on a performance, anything like that, but it, the person's spiritual walk inspires you and it makes you want to up your game and just say, yeah, I want that. Because then when you do that, the other person's going to do that. And then you just have this like consistently growing nature in your relationship. Jesus himself said something interesting in Matthew 24 Jesus answered them. He said, see that no one leads you astray. All right, so let's continue with the practical. What does that mean, practically speaking? If you start dating and you stop going to church, red flag. If you start dating and you drift away from your community, red flag. That's a great time to say, what's going on? Is this wise? If you start dating and you start compromising physically, Red flag. Okay, we're gonna, we're, we need to talk about this because this is, this is a big red flag in dating relationships. Here's the challenge. When, when you start getting physical in a relationship, especially when you're dating, you guys, if you've, if you've never read Proverbs 5 in the, in the um, spirit of relationships, check out Proverbs 5. Super interesting. Because in one translation, Proverbs 5, it, it talks about how how getting physical with relationships can be. And in one translation, Proverbs 5 uses the word intoxicating in reference to getting physical. Now, you all look like a good group of people. I don't know how many of you are going to want to admit this in church, 
But I'm sure that a fair number of people here have been intoxicated before. I'm not asking for your hands. Guess what happens when you're intoxicated? You get better looking. <laughs> the other person gets better looking. You know why? Because your vision is blurred. Your standards are lowered. Your judgment is clouded when you're intoxicated. Here's the problem. Some of you are in a relationship right now and things are, they're getting going. That's all I'm going to say. They're getting going. And you know what I'm talking about. And honestly, you're, you're intoxicated with it. You know that you are with somebody below your standards and your vision is blurred. But maybe you're like, no, nah, this is going to work. I, I can change him. I want to tell you this seriously with all the love and the empathy I can. It's time to sober up. It's time to sober up. Because I would bet, I would bet if you were sober, you might say something like this. You might say something, I, I know this person isn't following Jesus. And I, and I know the people who love me don't love him. And you know what? We, we don't have healthy conflict. He's abusive. And after all this time, I'm further away from Jesus than I've ever been. It might be time to sober up. Proverbs 27, 12. Sensible people will see trouble coming and avoid it. But an unthinking person will walk right into it and regret it later. You guys, I, I told you this is going to be extreme. But sometimes a, a change like this is necessary because here's the truth. You can't marry the right person if you're dating the wrong one. I'm going to say that again. You can't marry the right person if you're dating the wrong one. So here's a, here's a super practical tip. This isn't founded in the Bible. This is just me. If you are in a space right now where you feel like you need to, you need to break things off, do this. If not for me, do this for yourself. Don't, don't do it in a text message. Please don't slide into his DMs with this breakup message. Don't snap a breakup message. If, at the very least, pick up the phone and talk to the person, meet in person, just don't, don't do it in a text message, you guys, because you know what's going to happen. You're going to send that text message, and then you're going to think about it for the next three days, and then there's this conversation that's going to spiral out of control, and you're going to think, oh, did I do the right thing? Don't do it in a text message, please. The second pro tip is don't go back. Don't go back. If you make the decision, it's time to be done with this person, and you don't send a text, you talk to the person, you say, we're done. I don't care what time of day or night it is, don't go back. Put a stake in the ground and say, we're done. Do that for me, if nothing else. Those are the red flags. Those are the red flags, but I, we're not going to end with the red flags. We're going to end with some good news. Those are the red flags, but I want to show you the I want to show you the green flags, if it were. This is the, the, the signs that if, if you see these four signs, all systems go, baby. All systems go. Green flags. When the person that you're dating is consistently pursuing Jesus. Man, when, when he inspires you, when she inspires you, when you see the fruit of his life, when he is so kind to the people he's with, when he is so empathetic to the world around, when he's, when he's making a difference. 
green flag all the way. When those you love, love the person. And they actually might think, um, you're out of your league a little bit, Junior. I don't know how you convinced her, but when the person that you love really enjoys and loves the person that you're with, all systems go. Green flag. Another green flag. You're probably seeing a pattern. When you have conflict, but you love each other so well through it. When you have a fight, and after you make up, you can look at that person and you can just say, man, you made me a better person through that fight. I didn't realize how I was wrong, but you made me a better person through that fight. When you have conflict, and it is so healthy. You're not going to want to yearn for conflict, but you can get through it, and you move the relationship forward through conflict. And the last green flag, my favorite, when you're both inspiring one another to grow closer to Jesus. When you can have conversations like, hey, I saw this in the Bible, or hey, I I really appreciated, you know, serving with you down at God's love, helping out our homeless in our community, just things like that. When you're constantly inspiring one another to to grow closer to Jesus, green flag all the way. When you have those four things, when you see those four green flags, my advice to you, run towards it. Because if you have those four things, you are on the precipice of of, of something that could become a seriously God-honoring, powerful marriage. When you see those four things, you could be on the edge of, what's that verse, we, or what's that saying that we always hear in marriage? What God has joined together, let man not separate. You might be on the edge of that when you see those four signs. You guys, like I said, when you see those four signs, you're, you're on the edge of something extreme. And, and I know This isn't normal. It's weird. But you guys, it's so worth it. You are worth it. This isn't isn't in my notes, but I I just really feel like somebody needs to hear this this morning. You might have even looked at those red flags and you might just say, yeah, that's that's for somebody else. I really feel like it's literally the next 50 years of your life you're playing with. And you are absolutely worth it. God has created you for a purpose. He has created you to do good in this world, in Helena, Montana, United States, wherever you're thinking about going abroad. And don't, don't take this flippantly because you are so worth it. And the person you're with should push you forward. The person you're with should inspire you, you guys. And it's absolutely worth it. And it's totally possible. Yes, that's right. Totally possible. Yep. Let me pray for us. Lord God, thank you so much that you... God, you said it. It's not good for man to be alone, so I'm going to make a helper suitable for him, Father. And we're just trying to figure all this stuff out, Lord. So God, I pray for all the, all the, all the relationships that are just having these thoughts right now, Father. I just pray that they would hear these standards, God, out of your word, and they would pay attention to them, Father. And I just pray for honest conversation in the days to come with all these relationships, Father, that they would, they would find their way through it, and they would find their way to you, Lord. Just ask a a blessing on everyone here and listening online. In Jesus' name, amen.